God states very clearly that faith without works is dead. You have people inside the Senate, you have people that are supposed to be on your side. Make the decision to live and die on your turn. You are not wrong. They have lied to us about everything, the border, the elections. I remember America and the American gun owner are the only things standing in the way of the Great Reset. Who's got the teaching aid? We are fighting a war against principalities. We are fighting a war against evil. I pray that we get to look into the eyes of every single child in this country proudly, that those children can look back and be proud of us, knowing that yes. we fought for them. Men, I don't talk with empty words. Those teaching aids, those are called balls. Gentlemen, I've given you back your balls. You only got one, improvise. God's given us a chance to make it right. He's created a remnant for a reason. You are the remnant. I want you to know we're winning. God is with us. And in the end, we know how this ends. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman. We are joined by Ryan Kelly. And for those of you that don't know who Ryan is, Ryan is the uh, candidate for governor, the Republican candidate for governor, who was arrested <laughs> as he's running for governor, was arrested for being at the Capitol on January 6th. Um, let's just go ahead and bring Ryan in and let's have a conversation with him. And, and uh, Ryan, welcome to the show. Morning, Joe. Good to be here with you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Hey, so so tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that some people in Michigan obviously know who you are, but let's let's uh, and now I think the whole world knows who you are. But uh, let let's just give everybody a little bit of a, a background on on who you are and and what caused you to run for governor of Michigan. Yeah, thanks, Joe. And if you didn't know who I was a week ago, you probably know who I am now. We've received a lot of nationwide and really global media in regard to the arrest when the FBI came to my home where my wife and my children are at and raided my house. It's been incredible to see the amount of support that has come from this, just the people reaching out, whether it's social media, whether it's, you know, to me personally, showing up at events. And, and my supporters have become very activated, very engaged, and the support has grown tremendously. You know, my wife, Tabitha, and I, as mentioned, we have six little kids. We live in West Michigan. I own a real estate firm. I've been a small business owner in the real estate industry through various capacities for about 12 years. And previous to that, I was a union employee, worked for AT&T for about a decade before I uh, um studied electronic engineering in college, and you know, I've been in West Michigan for a majority of my life, and really seeing what's happening in our state here in Michigan, in our country, America, over these last couple of years with you know, all the tyranny that we've really seen, violations of our Constitution, and really this, you know, this push of uh, trying to, to move away from the American Republic and have this, you know, big government hold over our state, over our country. I pushed back 
back very early on, which has led up to, you know, me running for governor. And, you know, some of the polls now show that I'm the front runner, uh, which is great, which is good news, indications to work harder. And the most recent poll that came out to Joe showed that uh, after after I was arrested by the FBI, uh, I, I held 86% of the vote almost. It was just under 86% of the vote. Um, and, and that's, those are big numbers. That's, that's great. That's good yeah. support. You know, it's just an indication, like I said, to work harder and get our message out there. So, you know, I, th- I find it odd that the FBI would do all of this, um, right before a primary. I mean, is it, I mean, do you feel as if you're going through this process of they're trying to stand in your way? They're trying to, and it's having the opposite reaction. I mean, obviously the, the support is growing, but do you find it a little, uh, serendipitous or convenient that they would do this just before the primary? You know, it's it's not surprising that something, um, you know, uh, to this capacity, I guess, uh, would be, would happen. And in what regard I mean by that is we saw in 2020 the plot to kidnap the governor here in the state of Michigan, right? This whole big yeah. thing came out. As time went on, <laughs> excuse me, we see that, um, you know, that was a lot of FBI involvement. There was informants. There was, you know, entrapment, misleading. You know, I believe the cases are showing that there was various levels of capacity in the FBI involvement. And, you know, here we go again. And just like you said, a few weeks, you know, seven from yesterday, seven weeks from yesterday to the primary election, uh, we have, you know, the, the FBI arresting me on misdemeanor charges of something that happened a year and a half ago, uh, they're, they're saying, right? Um, and it, it's more Washington, D.C. meddling in Michigan's elections is what it is. And, uh, and really, the question that we have to ask is, you know, how, how much more do we want Washington, D.C. meddling in our local elections? Because that's really what this is, right? This is a state election, and, you know, we see uh, more, uh, more influence coming from Washington or trying to influence. And, you know, like you mentioned, Joe, I think it's having a lot of the opposite effect, and the support has grown substantially. And I'm very grateful for that, and, and we're going to continue to grow that support base, ultimately winning the primary. And then in um, November, we're going to make Gretchen Whitmer a one-term governor and win the general election as well. Very exciting future for Michigan. All right, so let's talk about the the uh, white elephant in the room. I mean, we're, we're, I mean you, you have Dominion voting machines across your state, and they it's obvious that they stole elections in the 2020 election. It's even more obvious that they're doubling down and stealing primaries if you look at what happened in, in, in uh, Georgia and other parts of the country. Well, you know, how, how do you overcome that? I mean, I, I have we, we have developed a plan that we plan on rolling out that allows people to empower the people, but but how do you how do you see overcoming that that obstacle by itself? That's a great question, and that really is the elephant in the room for many voters, regardless of their political affiliation, wanting to know that the elections are handled with integrity, with accuracy. And going into the 2022 election here in Michigan, <clears throat> I think we've taken a lot of those safeguards uh, that that we have our ability to make happen, such as finding us America first 
election workers, America First poll watchers. Uh, we need things like mule watchers, where we're watching these ballot boxes, because we know after watching 2,000 mules that we're seeing uh, the ballots um, being stuffed into these drop boxes in large numbers and, and keeping an eye out for these type of things. And I've seen so much activation of people that are not happy how the 2020 election turned out, how the process was corrupted, and they're, they're being involved. I think that that's the one main thing that we can do here and be watching this from all angles. Uh, it's, not an, it's not an easy fix. It really isn't. We don't have a legislature on our side here in the state of Michigan. We obviously have a governor that, you know, touts she's all about election integrity, yet at the same time does everything that she can to try to, you know, keep election integrity out of our state. But uh, Whitmer's just a manipulator trying to use, you know, fancy words and federal dollars to buy votes. Uh, and it's not working. People see right through all of that nonsense. So I think, you know, to, to go back to your question there, I mean, it's an all hands on deck. And, and it's not up to just any one of us. It's up to all of us, the people, to hold these elections accountable, ultimately getting good people like, uh, you know, Christina Caramo, our Secretary of State nominee, Matt DiPerno, uh, our Attorney General nominee, getting folks like those people into office, getting myself into the governor's seat so that we can inspire and encourage the legislature to bring good legislation such as voter ID, get rid of the drop boxes, uniform ballot printing. There's other measures that we can take in order to secure our elections. And so I, I see a lot of people actively engaged, uh, ready to have all eyes on this next election. It's very important. And I have faith in the American people, and I have faith in the people of Michigan to get it done. So I'm really excited to, to have found this bank, uh, Axos Bank. They opened on Independence Day uh, in 2000. They're not crumbling brick and mortar. They're a fully digital bank built on the bedrock of American traditions. Take a look at the rewards checking account where you can earn their highest interest rate. It's a, it's a big one. Listeners can get $150 bonus when you open, um, open, open up an account by July 31st. Big rewards from banks that believe that the freedom to do business without compromise or values. Amazing, right? So go to axosbank.com slash daily for full details. That's A-X-O-S dot com slash daily for all the cash bonus. All you need is $1,500 direct deposit in the first three months of opening your reward checking account. Axos Bank is federally insured, member FDIC, and they're for us, all of us. Axosbank.com slash daily. Go check them out. So, so let's talk about this. In Georgia, the record was, I think, 674,000 votes for a primary. Um, in this election, in this primary election, there was 1.2 million ballots cast for the primary for governor of, of Georgia. We saw in 2020 that 155 million people, and we'll just talk about the, the, the presidential race specifically on details, but 155 million out of, the, out of the 163 million that were possible to vote, voted in that presidential election. I think that the, the normal was about 73% of the vote. That represented nearly 93% of the vote across the country. And in some states, it was over 100%. You had 108%, 112%, 115% of the registered voters were actually voting. If, you know, let, let's hypothetically say that you get to the election in 2022, you are, well, I don't want to say hypothetically because we we're, we're rooting for you to be the, the candidate for Republican governor, but you get there. And again, you see 108% in Detroit, 115% in some districts that are voting. I mean, at that point, 
what, what do we do about the elections if we can't get to the part where we have IDs and we can't have uh, uh, universal ballots and we can't have what I think needs to happen, which is, frankly, we need to have uh, voting day needs to be, our election day needs to be a federal holiday. And we, I mean, we shut down everything for three months for COVID. So we can certainly shut down for one day. But what happens when we get there? I mean, what, what, what's the next plan? If you plan far enough ahead to get to that, get to that place in the, in the election cycle? Well, to understand your question, I, uh, you're asking, like, you know, what, what's the plan? Should something go uh, sideways like that? Is that correct? Yeah. You know, we have a lot of attorneys that we've been speaking with, and we're going to be looking at, you know, whether we have to file lawsuits or, you know, in some sort of aspect, um, you know, take control of uh, the, the situation, um, you know, such as involving the proper law enforcement authorities. Uh, it, it's, it's not an easy answer. Again, uh, you know, as time goes on here, we're going to know more. Uh, these trainings that are happening right now with, uh, election inspectors in the city of Detroit are happening. We have a lot of eyes on the city of Detroit because that's where a majority of the corruption happens, obviously, in the state of Michigan uh, that we saw in the 2020 election. But it's not the only place that it's happened. Uh, and I can tell you that we have a, a, a huge network of people across the state of Michigan that are uh, very unhappy how the 2020 election turned out. And, and they have a lot of eyeballs on this 2022 election and you know we we have um, we have a great opportunity here in the state of michigan to uh, to make sure we're holding this accountable because the the level of courage has uh, risen very high amongst people uh, that are willing to step up i you know i think that you know conservatives sometimes they're you know just a little more conservative by nature and they you know the left we see is very loud they're very vocal uh, and I see a lot of conservatives are starting to step up and be quite a bit louder and more vocal. And, you know, we're not going to let the left bully us around this time. Um, you know, and if I see fraud that's happening, something along those lines in this election, we have higher turnouts, you know, 108%, like you said, um, I'm going to fight it. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bow out. I'm not backing down. Uh, I'm not going to just give in, you know, I've been a fighter this whole time and I'm going to continue to fight. We're going to stand and fight. Well, I mean, look, the, that, that's what we really want. That's, I, I mean, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear that you're, you're definitely going to fight. We, we actually, I want to kind of run something by you, but before I do that, I want to talk a little bit about your website and where people can find you, uh, just because I want to be able to have people look through this as they're listening to the podcast. Um, but they can go to Ryan Kelly, that's R-Y-A-N-D Kelly, Ryan D. Kelly, R-Y-A-N-D-K-E-L-L-E-Y.com. Where else can they find you, Ryan? If you go on the website there, you'll see a few different social links. You'll be able to go and find okay. us on Facebook and then Gab's on there, Telegram. You have TikTok, have, Ryan. TikTok is on there. Yep, TikTok <laughs> is on there. That's been a great platform. Uh, Truth Social as well. You can find me on yep. Truth Social at Ryan D. Kelly and follow me on those different platforms. And if they want to jump on the website there, they can find out a bunch more information about me. Uh, there's also a spot on there if people are willing to contribute to the Legal Defense Fund. Uh, those are not campaign contributions. They go directly to the Legal Defense Fund, which is separate from the campaign. That would be greatly appreciated. Campaign contributions are also on there and are greatly appreciated. 
And uh, you can learn a lot more about me on there. You can see pictures of my family as well. My 100-day plan is on there and, and other information. You can also sign up for the email list if you want to be able to have future communication. All right, so let's talk about the 100-day plan. I think it's brilliant. What is your 100-day plan? Back in, back in December, I released the 100-day plan. I had spent a lot of time traveling around the state, speaking with Michiganians about the issues that matter. Uh, election integrity, as we just discussed, is a top issue. Uh, the shutdowns, the pandemic, the, uh, the looming in the background of Whitmer being the tyrant she was in 2020, right? That, that person is, uh, you know, still who she is. Uh, the education system, you know, our economy, the list goes on. And so I've come up with this 100-day plan of things that we need to address in our state in order to make sure that we, uh, we, we move away from this leftist agenda that's plaguing our state. And so as people can see there on the 100-day plan that's on the website, you know, day number one with Governor Kelly, the pandemic's over in Michigan. And, and that's the COVID-19 pandemic, that's the monkeypox pandemic, or whatever else they want to try to throw at us. Uh, we don't put the Constitution on hold. The Constitution remains no matter what. Uh, we respect the individual rights and freedoms of the individuals, uh, and we can take other appropriate cautions in order to make sure that we're being most effective. Uh, we have no uh, vaccine mandates, not in our state here, not in my watch. We allow doctors to prescribe effective treatments. You can see all of that on the 100-day plan. Also, day number one, I'll terminate the Dominion, the ESNS, and the Heart Electronic Voting Machine contracts. You know, I think hand counting is the way that we need to, moving forward, make sure that we're um, implementing in order to have the most effective way of processing our elections. The one big piece of pushback that I've got from that is, well, you know, how are we going to get it all done in one night if we have to hand count? And the question is, is how did we do it for decades prior to even having these machines in the first place? Uh, you know, throughout the, the, the entire 1900s, when there was hundreds of millions of people, um, you know, we, we counted the ballots by hand and we processed everything and the results came in the same night. And, and so that can be done, and I do believe that there will be good people that will step up and be willing to do that. Uh, we also uh, have other components of bringing the people's voice to Lansing with the people's cabinet, addressing our failing public education system, getting rid of federal dollars in our Department of Education is important, eliminating common core, critical race theory, social emotional learning, diversity, equity, and inclusion, all of those things violate the Michigan Constitution. Article 1, Section 26, you can't have those discrimination practices and we'll eliminate all of the racial bias training throughout the state of Michigan as well. I'll sign an executive directive getting rid of those things. Uh, we have to repair our economy here in the state of Michigan, reduce regulations for, for farmers, for, uh, you know, industries that, that, need to have more ability to operate uh, their businesses without government regulations uh, burdening them too heavily and uh, the taxes that, you know, we continue to see through licensing and regulatory affairs. We need to address our energy issues here in the state of Michigan. That's a big economic component as well, right? We see rolling blackouts coming to the state of Michigan. We see the COO of DTE Energy talking about 
Well, if you just turn your air conditioner up, just turn your thermostat up, you won't have to worry about losing power. I'm just thinking, is this the future that we're, we're talking about now, right? Uh, shut your electricity off and you won't lose your electricity. You know, we need nuclear power in the state of Michigan. We need to embrace all areas of um, of power generation, except I'm not a proponent of industrial wind turbines. Protecting our Second Amendment is extremely important. Bringing constitutional carry to the state of Michigan and getting rid of our CPL laws, getting rid of our pistol registration, you know, auditing our budget so that we're spending money wisely. For example, in the Department of Education, we have spending that continues to go up by billions of dollars, and we have tens of thousands of students that are, that are pulling out our enrollment is down and our spending is up. Where is that money going? And Michigan's ranked 38th in the entire nation. So our students are not becoming more intelligent from this social justice agenda that Whitmer is pushing. Protecting our kids at schools is very important. Uh, Democrats always want to push for more gun control. They have yet to come up with an idea that actually protects our schools. So there's a lot of things that uh, that we'll be able to work on. You know, the 100-day plan kicks us off very well to put us in a direction to to bring freedom, liberty, and prosperity to our state. And people can go on the website and look under my Michigan First policy agendas in order to find some more of the different things that we'll be focused on here in Michigan with Governor Kelly. So, so I want to I want to focus in on something you said that I think is really important, and that is you said I've been traveling around the state and talking to the people. Um, is part of your is part of your platform to get out there and have conversations with people that are in the community and find out what's hurting them. I mean, is that how you came up with a hundred day plan? It is, and it's how I've, in some polls, become the front runner. And I think now after what happened with uh, the FBI last week, I'm even more the front runner, if that's a thing, right? So uh, that that's exactly it, Joe. I've been traveling around the state. You know, I've spent the least amount of money of all the candidates. I've raised the least amount of money, yet I'm in the lead by a long shot because I have spent countless hours, and I've my my vehicle has tens of thousands of miles that I've driven, and going to meet with people in their homes in some instances. You know, people have little events and little gatherings with little patriot groups of, you know, concerned moms and dads and business owners. And, you know, I stop by and sometimes I'll have an event somewhere and they're having a little meeting at, you know, nine o'clock at night and I'll stop by and, you know, have a little hamburger or something. We talk about the issues and I've grown a very, very strong support base by actually doing the things that those that want to represent the people in our government should be doing. Connect with individuals, look them in the eyeballs, understand their issues, understand where they're coming from. It needs to be, you know, we talk about a government for the people, by the people, you know, we have to be able to, you know, respectfully have conversations and find disagreements of why you see something this way and see something this way and what's constitutional and how do we find a strong solution uh, that that is impactful, that that's going to benefit the citizens. So that's exactly what I've been doing. And that's exactly how I've got so much support. That's exactly what I'm going to keep doing too, Joe. Okay. So let's, you, you know, you talked about the second amendment, you talked about um, uh, the uh, uh, pandemic, the pandemic being over. I mean, obviously we're going into the election again and now they're saying that there's a million new cases of, uh, um, of, 
COVID, a million new cases uh, currently. And it, w- it went from 2,000 to 10,000 to 20,000. It seems like uh, COVID is uh, directly correlated to election <laughs> season. It's as if people are allergic to it. Um, you, know, you know, how do you feel about this? Are, do you feel like they're using and weaponizing uh, viruses? And, and in this case, a virus that we could have saved hundreds of thousands of people had we used, you know, different types of treatments. But do you feel like they're weaponizing it in order to create chaos and confusion and fear during election cycles so that they can steal elections? What we've seen is that them pushing this fear narrative, aiming to control the people, worked in a lot of ways. You still see people walking around or yeah. you know, driving in their cars by themselves with masks on, and it's been propaganda that's been pushed, this left-wing propaganda, you know, using the media as a resource as well. And, and they learned a lot as far as you know, how people will react to these things. I need to do an ad read really quick. So, so this show is brought to you by IP Vanish. If you're tired of feeling like someone's always watching you on the internet, maybe advertisers know a bit too much about you. If you're connected, if you're concerned about privacy of your identity, using incognito mode won't always solve the problem either. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. When you you can use IP Vanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IP Vanish, all of your data is encrypted. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off the yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rate of 4.6 out of 5 on Trusted Pilot. Go to ipvanish.com slash daily. It's important to use it slash daily. ipvanish.com slash daily. And use promo code daily to save 70% as a conservative daily podcast listener. Um, I also want to tell you that um, if you use ipvanish and you have the, the VPN working when you're in and you try to unlock your car or do things like that, it will not work. You have to disconnect it because the car, the phone itself uses both the IMEI and the IP address collectively to validate who you are. So it will not work if you do not use, if you, if you don't turn it off in some instances. I figured I'd, I'd say that because I've learned that the hard way. And so, yes, it's, you know, directly related to when they want to push these narratives, it appears to be, right? And uh, it's no surprise, right? And here's the thing is that just like with the January 6th stuff, right? Uh, They they think that January 6th, the the left-wing Democrats think that January 6th is the main thing that's on people's minds. Meanwhile, we have record high inflation, record high gas prices. We have record high food prices, food shortages. We have energy shortages. We have rolling blackouts coming. We have uh, baby formula shortages, you know, things that actually impact Americans on a day-to-day basis. And so, you know, using this COVID again, uh, you know, as the cases rise, hoping that it's going to, you know, get people freaked out and not want to go around people to, to vote, use mail-in voting, whatever it is. And um, people see through it, though. I, I really do believe, Joe, that a lot of people are seeing through all of this nonsense and these, you know, these distractions and these smoke screens of what's going on. And so, you know, we, we need to look at using those effective early treatments that are proven, right? Uh, and, and 
The other day, uh, Garland Gilchrist, who is the lieutenant governor of Michigan, sends out this tweet in regard to abortion. And he said that doctors, you know, the government has, you know, no business being involved in the decisions between doctors and their patients or some, something similar to that, right? And I'm thinking about, you know, yeah. well, how about that same energy when it comes to hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin if a doctor wants to prescribe those? I just spoke with an MD yesterday, 40-some-odd years been practicing medicine, wrote a prescription for hydroxychloroquine, and was told by the pharmacist that he has to report that, and he'll lose his license if he fills it for him. And I'm thinking to myself, hold on a minute. I thought the government shouldn't be involved in prescribing these, these safe effective treatments, right? And I'm not saying what they're safe and effective for. I'll let the doctors make those decisions. But if they want to prescribe them for whatever it is, whatever if it's a virus or something else, you know, uh, we just see the continued uh, control of the left trying to, to bully these doctors, bully pharmacists. And, and we know that um, it, it's a narrative that they're trying to push just to steal elections, to manipulate the people, to control the people. Uh, and, and we're seeing through it, Joe. We're seeing through it, and we're done. We're moving on, uh, and we're going to be big, bold, strong, and loud, unapologetically American about moving the the American agenda forward. So I want to, you know, you talk about food shortages and energy crisis that's actually coming. I want to play a, a short clip, if I could. This is the pilot, um, the Flying J pilot, Flying Flying J CEO on diesel fuel supply shortages. I don't, have you heard this? Seen this video yet? I don't believe right. so, no. Okay, so, so this, I'm just going to give you a, a synopsis and then we'll play and then I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, the Union Pacific Railroad told him to cut his shipments of DEF fluid um, by 50%. He supplies nearly 30 to 35% of the country's supply of DEF fluid. And if you know anything about DEF fluid, if you have an engine that is newer than a 2010 and a diesel motor, you have to have DEF fluid in order for that motor to, to actually, uh, for that, for that uh, truck to run. But he's saying they told him to cut production by 50% or face an embargo. In other words, they would shut him off, uh, creating an artificial wow. uh, energy crisis. So I'm going to go ahead and play this if we can real quick, and then we'll, uh, uh, I'll get your thoughts on it. Go ahead and play it. That's My name right. is Shamit Konar. I'm the chief executive officer for Pilot Flying J. We operate the largest network of travel centers in the United States, serving the U.S. trucking industry and four-wheel customers. We currently account for approximately 20% of the country's highway, or as we call it, over-the-road diesel supply, 20%, as well as 30% of the diesel exhaust fluid supply, also known as DEF. Similar to my colleagues here, Pilot is facing a threat of se severe reduction in rail service allocations. For Pilot, the service reduction allocations are being imposed by the Union Pacific Railroad. On April 13th, we were informed by the Union Pacific that we were required to reduce shipments by 26%. In subsequent conversations, we were asked to reduce them even further by 50% or face embargoes. We're not aware of any other company being instructed by the Union Pacific or any other railroad to reduce their shipments to the extent they're asking pilot. We understand through conversations with the Union Pacific that its allocations are based on a simplistic approach 
of looking at those shippers who have increased their number of shipments between January 2022 and March 2022. This does not take into account the overall number of shipments received at pilots' facilities, which, by the way, have remained static over this period. We believe the Union Pacific's approach does not fairly and proportionately allocate the supply issues because Pilot has not increased the total number of cars it's received every month since January. What's actually happened is Pilot has become a shipper on some, uh, car, for some cars that we were not shippers before. So our facilities are still receiving the same number of cars. It's just the name of whose shipping has changed because we've taken control over some of the cars because of the issues we've had with the railroads so that we have the optionality to deliver these cars and markets that they can take, right? So the total number of cars has stayed the same. We understand and appreciate that the current market conditions are imposing significant constraints on the railroads, and we're committed to... Uh, I, I lost your audio, Joe. One sec. Ryan, so sorry about that. What you just heard is that they 30% of the of the car market, the deaf fluid market, they, they represent and over 20% of the over road uh, diesel fuel supply they represent. And he said that they artificially were told by the Union Pacific Railroad owned by Warren Buffett that he had to cut production by 26% and then another 50%. <clears throat> so in essence, that's an aggregate of about 63%. What's your thoughts on the fuel supply now, given that, that this video? You see with the Green New Deal, they want to push away from these fossil fuels and they want to go into these renewable energy sources. Uh, you know, that's not a, a topic I'm going to dive into real far right now, but you know, this is manufactured, obviously, right? I mean, if you want to create a good economy, you can do that by design. If you want to create a bad economy, you can do that by design also. And, you know, Biden's policies of, you know, shutting down oil production domestically, uh, blaming everything on Putin, right? The war in Ukraine, oh, it's all, you know, that they're pointing fingers everywhere other than just taking the responsibility to do uh, what needs to be done in order to, to provide lower energy costs. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's obviously something that they're intentionally doing. And they're, they're intentionally uh, trying to shut down these, these fossil fuels, which is going to do what? It's going to drive costs up more. It'll cause more shortages. You know, would hate to pull up to a gas station one day and they, there's no gas available, right? Um, how's that going to work out for people if all of a sudden there's not well, any available fuel uh, store? Right, that's happening. Going to becoming more empty. That's Absolutely happening. that's happening. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I think it's as... Um, you know, this is just signs of, of what's to come here, uh, but it's all fixable as well. Uh, and that's why that America first wave coming in is very important uh, where, you know, we can't just roll over and be intimidated by this and, and stand up and uh, push back, which is what I'm doing. And, you know, folks like yourself and so many others. All right. So I, I don't know how much more time you have. I got a, a ton of questions for you, but uh, um, I was just informed that you had to head to a, an event. Is that correct? Yeah, I do. I have to be in Lansing here in just a little bit, so we probably should go ahead and wrap it up if we could. 
All right. So, you know, getting attacked by the FBI, talking about what's sensible for people in your community. Yeah, you're obviously a Second Amendment uh, supporter. Uh, what do you think about the gun control? I just want to ask this last question. What do you think about the gun control related to what came out of Uvalde um, and their answers? And is there a better answer that you would have on your platform other than obviously uh, uh, the one that they chose to, which is taking away gun rights from everyday uh, hardworking, law-abiding citizens? Joe, protecting our students is uh, extremely important. And I think we all agree with that. I don't think you're going to come across anybody that says that uh, we, we want to have dangerous schools or dangerous communities, right? We want our schools and our communities to be safe. Every time there's some sort of tragedy like this, instantly the Democrats want to go to gun control. They want to try to find measures that will make it more difficult for people to obtain guns. And my question is, is that, number one, what gun laws could we even pass that criminals are going to follow? Uh, and the answer is none, right? The answer is none. Criminals don't follow laws, so it doesn't matter. Number two, my question is, is why do we have, uh, you know, Democrats, even a lot of Republicans that never come up with real solutions to protect our schools and protect our communities? And for our schools, let's talk about single-point access. Let's talk about the ability for school staff to be armed, armed and, and trained properly. Let's talk about metal detectors built into the door frames so that we're protecting our students. You know, uh, kids go to the airport and they walk through airport security and get on the airplane and they feel safe, right? Why would we not want that same type of thing as they go into our schools, right? Mental health needs to be addressed. And, and going after the Second Amendment is what the Democrats' weapon is every instance, right? And we have to stop just going on the defense and start going on the offense and provide real solutions to protect our students because we see that, you know, politicians and Congress, uh, the president, they're all protected with guns, right? Uh, and so isn't it hypocritical that, you know, while they're standing there with all of their armed security, they don't want to have armed security to protect our students. Uh, and at the same time, they want to arm Ukrainians to defend themselves. Uh, and so it's time that we shatter that narrative as the left continues to push. Stop trying to defend the Second Amendment in that aspect and start going on offense and call out the nonsense and start providing some real solutions that are going to protect our students. Of the money they sent over to Ukraine, we could have secured every single school in America. None of these people are America first. They're all America last, and they don't want to protect our children. It's all nonsense, and I'm ready to call them out on it. Amen. Amen. Well, I'll give you the, I'll give you the last word after that. Obviously, I have my question, so it, you know people can find you at Ryan D. Kelly. That's R-Y-A-N-D-K-E-L-L-E-Y. Um, we'll head over there and give you a donation as well. And I want to I want to recommend that everyone gives you a donation as well as, by the way, for our listeners, go over there and help support his defense fund. He's got a he's got a, a, a fight there as well. These are misdemeanors. They did they break down your door, Ryan? Uh, we can't talk about the details right now of exactly how things went down, and that story will come out in the near future. There's pending litigation, so we have to be very careful what we say there. Um, at, at this point, but, you know, maybe you guys can have me back on the show again to discuss the details when that time comes. Uh, so, yeah, you know, absolutely. for the listeners, tune in. You know, there'll be more for the story in the future. So, uh, you know, appreciate being on the show today. It's been fantastic uh, being able to, you know, share some thoughts and some ideas with you and your listeners. And, you know, jump over to the website, learn more, follow along, share with your friends in Michigan 
that, you know, uh, that I'm running and that, you know, August 2nd, they need to get out in the primary and vote Ryan Kelly. All right, Ryan Kelly, thanks for joining us. Ryan Kelly, uh, Republican candidate for, for governor of Michigan. Um, loved having you on this show. God bless you. God bless. Thanks, Joe. So, you know, one of, the, one of the things that I always like to talk about is that everything that he talked about today is sensible. It's sensible. It makes sense. These are all things that every American wants, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. You know, one of the things that we didn't probably touch on that, that I wanted to touch on was, well, two things. One of which is, is that what they've done in this country is manufactured. They manufacture the crisis, the crisis, the energy crisis. They manufacture the crisis related to uh, food shortages. They manufacture the crisis related to inflation. They made decisions that they knew would have an adverse effect. These are not stupid people. They have economists that are there as well that are watching and having their hand on the pulse of America. You know, the interest rates are now up to nearly 5% for a home mortgage, driving down the ability of somebody to be able to afford that home. Uh, to levels that haven't been seen before, putting the brakes on an entire market. And if you remember what happened in 2008 and the complete collapse happened in 2008, it was directly related to people's ability to be able to pay their mortgages. And so as interest rates come due, when people get arms and so, so on and so forth, they can't afford their homes. And the second thing is, is that raising f fuel prices and inflation and, and energy prices and food prices, who does that adversely affect the most? That would be the poorest among us. So the most disadvantaged families across America, the poorest families across America, now can't afford to feed their family, can't afford to heat their homes during the winter, can't afford to put gas in their car to get to work. We're creating a vicious cycle where we destroy a large part of America. We weaken the middle class, pushing it back down to the lower class, strengthen the elite as they get to charge more for less for their products and hurt the poorest among us. And by the way, it doesn't skip over Democrats' homes. It affects their homes the same way it affects, affects poor Republicans' homes. It doesn't affect political ideology. We're all treated equally as slaves. And I think what, what Ryan is trying to do in Michigan is restore constitutional integrity, restore power to the people. But he's got one big hurdle to overcome, one big hurdle, and that is the stealing of the American voice. You know, one of the things that they're doing across America is they're calling people up and saying, are you going to vote in person or are you going to vote by mail? That is happening over and over and over again. And that's because they need to be able to collect as much data as possible in order to fix point the outcome of elections, not just at the, at the national level, but at state levels and all the way down ticket. So when we start looking at what's happening in our country, it's hard to ignore the information that came out of Michigan back in November of 2020 when the initial image was done in Antrim County, where they said in the ASOG report that the election, or excuse me, the equipment was designed to steal the vote of the American people. Now, as you go further down the line, you start looking at the other information that came out of Maricopa County. And obviously we know what Doug Logan did. He got on our show <clears throat> right, off the, right after the election, excuse me, right after the audit. And in that uh, conversation, he said, I could not put information I wanted to in the report because I felt that it would have caused a constitutional crisis. So he made a decision for America and where do we see ourselves right now? They have ignored the constitution. And like every law that we have in, in America, 
there are laws that they choose to selectively not enforce and other laws that they haven't that, that literally have been on the books that they're using as uh, ways to attack and criminalize everyday Americans that speak up for sensibility that speak up for other people in their community look no further than basically shunning the Constitution than what was done in Washington DC and for those of you that don't know in Washington DC the mayor decided to fly a flag with 51 stars on it, desecrating the American flag. You guys didn't hear about that? No, because most, mostly they kept it out of the news. But the mayor of Washington, D.C. decided to fly. Mr. Producer, can we find that by any chance? Looking can we find right the information on that? Yeah. So in flying the flag with 51 states, it, 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 it was really simple, right? It was, a, it was a statement that said that Washington, D.C. needs to be the 51st state. So let's fly a flag with 51 stars on it, which means she had to go through the effort to fly that flag, desecrate that flag. And, and I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even know what to say about this. I don't even know what to say about someone in a position of power and authority, one of the 7,400 that are elected across the country, deciding, hey, listen, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and, and fly a flag with 51 states. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to desecrate and I'm going to bastardize the flag of the United States that people have lived and sacrificed and died to protect. But no, no, that's, that's not something she wants to do. She wants to create a political theater and disrespect those in this country, Americans in this country. But are you really surprised? Do you have it, Mr. Producer? I have their website, actually. Um, it's the state of 51 Washington, D.C. right here. Promoting. Yeah. D.C. residents and counting without a congressional vote. State, if you look well, in the top left corner, they want it to be the state of 51. Yeah, and so, so this has been a push to turn the capital. And, and by the way, just so you know, the, 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 the reason why it's not a state is because it's the federal headquarters. It's the headquarters of the federal government. That's why it's not a 51st state. Because in other words, you'd be federalizing a state. You'd be, you'd be creating a state around a federal apparatus. Do you see the problem with that? Do you see how corrupt that could be for the entire country? I mean, it, it's already bad that most people in America don't feel like they have a voice. What would happen if we federalized and created a 51st state in a place that, frankly, is the, is the swamp of America? Well, that's it for, for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. A lot to, a lot to think about. We'll be back uh, tomorrow morning. Um, I am I, a couple things I want to announce. One, we missed uh, Greg's actual birthday, which was on Tuesday. And so I want to say happy birthday to Greg. And number two, um, I am celebrating my 20 year anniversary, 20 years. So I, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how my wife put up with me for 20 years and I'm hoping to get another 20 more. So just a shout out to my wife to say happy anniversary. Um, so if you want to find us, you can find us on conservative-daily.com, Rumble, DLive, CloudHub, and Frank Speech. Um, go ahead and hit the Rumble button on the way out. If you want to listen to us on the audio version, you can uh, go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. 
go over there and give us a five-star review and obviously share it with someone that needs to hear it. Um, if you uh, need a reminder when we go live, which is twice a day um, at uh, 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time, you can text the word FREEDOM to 89517. You can also sign up to get our newsletter in the description below. So that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you all.